solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum. Chapter 2 In Memoriam. Welcome to another episode. I'm Alex. I'm Molly. And, and this, is this is Hotter, Hotter Watch. Watchy Poo. Potter, 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 watch you poo. <laughs> nope. Um, it's also chapter two in memoriam. <laughs> in memoriam, yes, yes, yes. Just as that song when- is now in memoriam. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> let it rest, let it die, let us never hear it again. Let's write a eulogy for it. Um, what did you rename this chapiter? I renamed this chapter All Knowing I. Ooh. Yes, I've got my eye on you. Ha ha. <laughs> That's not the whole chapter title, just the first part. I, the, un- <laughs> the All Knowing I. Haha, ha, I've got my eye on you. It's gotcha. A long, it's a word, wordy, um, wordy, wordy. What did you rename it? I said unveiled from beyond the veil. Ooh. Makes me think of serious, though, and I'm sad. I know. Um, do you want to sum it up for us? Or? Oh, sure. Not not a lot to sum up, I would say. Yeah, I took an abstract approach. Sure. Albus has secrets that we know. Tales of friends and rivals old and new. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, I messed up. Can I go back? Yes. You're allowed. I need to re-say it. I just messed up, okay? It says, Albus has secrets that we knew. Tales of friends and rivals, old and new. Oh, that's there nice. There we go. That's very It's good. better than the way that I had said it the first time, which is not the way that I wrote it. I, I was, can't read. I was still digging it. I was following. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> kind of similar. Albus remembered Yet whispers reach the surface. Who tells his story? Who lives, who dies, who tells his story? You know what I mean? Wow. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you're saying. I'm listening to this other podcast and one of the hosts always says, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'm just going to say that even more than I already say that because I've been listening to her say it. <laughs> Is this the podcast that you um, sent me to listen to? Yes. I'm an addict to it. <laughs> Add to, okay. I added it's it to key. cart. I added that podcast to my cart. If you know, you know, you sh- you sh- listeners. <laughs> if you're in the know. And you know you what I mean? Know, now you, you know. know what I mean. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow, we are in a weird mood today. It is a weird day. Um, yep. Shall we hop right in? Yeah, let's. A hip, a hop, a hippie to the hoppy. You took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
why is it he's always covered in blood? <laughs> That's my first. I- <laughs> exactly. But I love this little domestic normalcy of Harry's little morning. Like, Harry was bleeding. You expect him to be, like, attacked or something. And he's like, ah, oh, man, I cut myself. I tripped on my tea. <laughs> I'm just, like, having he's a having, time. He's having, no, he's having, like, a no good, bad, terrible day. Except for, in comparison to his other days, it's just, like, a normal day. Yeah. He's trying to Marie Kondo his life, which is always challenging. I mean, truly. Does this but parchment bring joy? To Dutto. <laughs> Does this picture that I drew of Hedwig that I posted <laughs> on my vision board bring me joy? Yes. <laughs> Always. That's my favorite piece of set dressing in any of the Harry Potter. Like Harry would have never drawn that. I know. There are so many. There are multiple Hedwig drawings. Like Harry is. I mean, I guess he is bored. Like, what else is he gonna do? But I do not think that he is sketching photos of Hedwig and posting them on his vision board. Now, Dean Thomas, maybe. Yeah, he's an artist. (laughs) They always mention that in the um, books. (laughs) He's an artist. Uh, you were trying to say something about Dudders. I was going to say shout out to my Duds. It was not a little trap, Harry. He just wanted to bring you some tea. Also, like, that's, he's like a clever booby trap. Was it clever if it was a booby trap? Also, you've been, like, bullied by Dudley your whole life. I don't think tea in front of the door is really his style. Okay? It's a little subtle for him. <laughs> also just a mental note for harry while he's keeping track at home you have a lot of gaps in your magical learning not and this (laughs) is significant that you don't know how to repair a cut like luna taught or not luna oh i guess he doesn't get that wait tonks tonks uh, a pixie's you know a pixie. Is that just for bones? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I do I wonder how you like learn this stuff though, like post Hogwarts. Like if you didn't learn a spell, like do you just like read books as an adult? Yeah, I guess you you go get like a like same thing as like a cooking a cookbook or something, like magical maladies, you know? Magical maladies and injuries, yeah. True. Yeah. Or you just ask Hermione. Book. Teach yourself stuff. Harry uses Hermione as a clutch. Yes. Crutch. And in the clutch. We know. We know this. Mm Hmm. Um, I do love that we go through his trunk though in this Marie Kondo way. Because um, it really takes us through the past books and everything, how far we've come. But it also sort of, again, like we were talking about last chapter, sets us up for how this is not our typical 
year at Hogwarts you know this is not our typical book and it also just like it just feels like the end you know yeah because it's like he even says like this all this stuff I'm leaving at the Dursleys they'll probably just burn it and I'm like sad about it and I'm not necessarily like a pack rat like I don't hold on to that much stuff but I'm like your Quidditch robes you're just like gonna let those go like it's just sad and you're right it is like well probably not returning ever actually I mean they say that in the next book but or next chapter I mean it's just it's devastating it's really sad um it's like especially because like usually like your senior year is exciting and like fun to be looking forward to that and then it's just like clouded by well he doesn't even have one so it's not just clouded there's like a whole fucking hurricane coming through it yeah I kind of think about that with like students from this year really explored in fan fiction a lot which is interesting but yeah sorry keep going you yours was much more important what you're about to say no I was just gonna say like this year yeah just that it sucks your senior year last year if it was your senior year this year especially last year if you were a junior like in high school and you're like oh well at least I'll have a prom next year but you probably won't this year and I'm just like sad for the lack of proms I also just watched the prom on Netflix (laughs) (laughs) but I'm really sad about about that (laughs) I'm sad about no proms I'm sad about no proms I'm sad about no graduations it's just like hard I think yeah, and then honestly, you, graduation and then you, is like secondary. <laughs> the achievement right. is secondary to me. <laughs> right, but I know like the ceremony and like the party, like it, and then just the, you just didn't have your last year with your friends. Like that was such a, oh yeah, fundamental like year in, in making a transition to being like, on the conveyor belt of heist like of that like part of your my life into going into college for sure so it, it's so I feel like there's gonna be some like developmental like some social developmental type issues for kids that don't like have like a proper transition for that you know yeah or just like I was gonna do x y and z before I graduated high school yeah. and just not really feeling like you got to do those things even if they were small like I don't know like they're traditions and I think of it more for for high school than college because like you know college isn't necessarily like senior year you know you may end up right and it's six and years it's, <laughs> right exactly and and college is one of those things that it's really like different for everybody right like not yeah. at one not everybody goes to college not everybody is like some, someone who lives on campus like you can right. be a commuter some people already do online schooling but like high school is something that for the most part unless you're homeschooled or like you uh got out early did your GED or whatever for the most part high school is the same kind of matriculation for yeah, everyone it's pretty universal so if yeah what were you saying um about like fan fiction they don't explore though like 
Oh, I was saying in fan fiction, they don't really explore this like Harry not having any of his belongings anymore, <laughs> really. Oh. You know? Like if he goes back for his eighth year or like if it's past, um, I know like in canon, he doesn't go back for his eighth year. I just didn't, you know, if that's yeah. what the fan fiction is or if he if it's just post Hogwarts at all they don't really explore how he doesn't have these like keepsakes yeah um, which would be an interesting thing to think about is that he sort of doesn't have anything anymore I kind of headcanon don't think the Dursleys like burn it I don't think they would burn it but I don't know where it would go either the cupboard Oh, I bet they they keep them in the cupboard, and that's just head cannon. Do they go back? Do they go back to this house? I think they must eventually. Like I don't. They I guess they're in just some sort of safe house until everything blows over. But oh, that makes me feel better. Um, they put it all in the cupboard. Yeah, I don't think Dudley would let them get rid of all of this stuff. I mean, I know that he had a come to a come to Harry moment, if you will, but uh, (laughs) I don't know if he really would make a fight for that. Um, But I have a feeling Petunia would just like secretly put it away. I'm sorry. Yeah, I said he doesn't think Harry's a waste of space. Exactly. So (laughs) huge. It's huge. Huge can't wait for next chapter um but speaking of his stuff he puts a lot in his rucksack which i think of a rucksack is pretty small (laughs) well is that all he's taking to the weasleys maybe that's why he puts that much in it yeah it's like all the stuff he's gonna have with them the whole book but it's like his muggle clothing like, if I pack for an overnight trip, my muggle clothing is taking up more than a rucksack alone. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, like, his backpacking trip, right? So, like, I would I would have clothes. I, I This made sense to me. If this is all he's bringing to try and go camping. No, it for... makes sense that it's not that much stuff. It's his rucksack. He says his potion kit, his invisibility cloak, mm-hmm. a couple of books. Like, it's not a lot of stuff, but it's still a lot for a rucksack, I guess. Yeah, but I'm saying I don't think it, like, I think a, I think a rucksack is, like, like a backpacking backpack. Oh. Except for, you know what I'm saying? I think it, like, is meant to handle all that. Stuff. Yeah, I think of it just as, like, a small backpack. I'm sure our British listeners. Or, like, one of those, you know, big, like, almost like army duffels i know what you're talking about like like an like army wild <laughs> um like that yes. kind of backpack but i'm just thinking like one of those little ones like a rucksack that's what i call those that have like the drawstring looking up a picture now yeah oh Oh, yeah, no, I think it's much bigger than that. I mean, it makes practical sense that it's something much bigger. But whenever I think I've used the term rucksack before, and I always mean something small, like I just threw it into a rucksack. Yes, I think I think they probably are called the same thing, because a lot of these when I'm looking up rucksack, I'm looking at like 
they usually do have that drawstring, but it's like a big backpack with a drawstring. Oh yeah. I think you're, it's closer to what you're saying. Like one of those big army ones. That's what I'm seeing a lot of Mm -hmm. buckles. Love a buckle. Mm -hmm. Me too. He got it from REI probably. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Please. Elpheus and Dumbledore, definitely exes, right? Like, they definitely used to date in Hogwarts. That's what I got from that story. I think that Doge maybe would have liked that to happen. I think they could have been together in Hogwarts, and then they broke it off when Dumbledore didn't go to you know when when his mom died and didn't go to uh European travel with him yeah I could see that too Alpheus was like our mutual attraction started and then kept talking true but I, I have definitely a lot of qualms Alpheus <laughs> oh really interesting um but finish your thought on Elfie. Elfie no, and it Albie. was just like the way that Elfie was talking about Elfius. It just seemed like I just could see it as like a as like a Hogwarts thing and then Dumbledore had to go back and take care of his sister and brother and he meets um, Grindelwald and Elpheus goes off on his tour of Europe and he's on the rebound. Not the same. That's why it works just, out with Grindelwald. I mean, obviously they could just, he could just, I also think Elpheus is probably just not on the same, like it's like a high school relationship. Like Elpheus like romanticizes it or loves it, loves it, Dumbledore more than I think probably Dumbledore loved him back. You know? Yeah. Dumbledore was looking for someone like Grindelwald, someone more intellectually like, on the exciting. same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you think that Doge is singing My Tears Ricochet? Or is this an unexplored um, folklore take? <laughs> <laughs> I think um, Doge is singing Mirrorball. <laughs> oh, that's so much sadder. <laughs> so sad um but yes i had a couple qualms with this obituary i was like a sad little boy with his okay yes go ahead well right like you have all that information about sad doge's life in dumbledore's obituary like i just i have three main concerns that i've outlined one most of it is just like a short span of Dumbledore's 150 year lifespan. <laughs> um, he mostly focuses on the childhood, which is like fine. I actually like the first like page or so of the obituary. That's all fine. Um, but then like that's it. And he kind of just glosses over like the rest of his um, adult life. Well, he loses contact with him, which is what I think is so fascinating about it. It's like he writes about Dumbledore from like the time that he was with Dumbledore. 
you know, the time that he knew Dumbledore, which is like 11 to uh, 18. 18. And and then as adults, and I like, guess. Right. But like he barely knew him as like, as like, you know, so I think it's just very strange that he was asked to do it. The only reason I think he must have been asked to do it is because anyone else who knew Dumbledore intimate any sort of intimately uh, wouldn't have done is, it is either dead or um like I don't think Dumbledore has a lot of pe- like McGonagall might have been another person that could have written it but like well I think it's yeah I think that makes sense for Doge because he knew him when they were younger and I do get the I mean at least according to Doge that they are they were still good friends like as adults yeah yeah um, <laughs> I just that was just one of my critiques was that it was um a little yeah, on it does the only front talk end. about a short span of his life. Um yes. too much personal I do, stuff. I do like the story. No, <laughs> I'm just ranting. Please continue. <laughs> oh no, I, I it, it's in direct relation to what you were saying. I think he does go a little too heavy-handed about himself, but I think the point of the conversation about him and his sad life was to like um highlight the beauty in Dumbledore's character in taking him under his wing and being friends with the underdog which I do think is like a staple of Dumbledore's personality so I kind of like that personal touch but he does go into a lot of detail about yeah I like the part about he had the dragon pox and then he brings that he ties that in really nicely at the end it's the stuff in the middle where he's like well I ended up going on the world tour and I don't know if you really appreciated me sending pictures blah 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 (laughs) I'm like who asked you to include (laughs) these details (laughs) he's like editorializing it (laughs) yes that's interesting Um, and then the last thing my last major qualm is him also editorializing his relationship with Ariana and Abbeforth. He's like, well, they got on quite swimmingly. People don't think they did, but they're cool. You don't understand. I like know this. And I'm like, again, that's inappropriate. I would say for a eulogy to talk about whether or not he gets along with his brother. (laughs) Well, I, I know for like JK Rowling, what she's doing. I'm just critiquing it as a eulogy. (laughs) Yes, I I had the same thought. So, it, but I I kept going back and forth about if it is appropriate because I think it's like, I think he's almost like defending himself, like he's saying, um, Aberforth and Dumbledore were close prior to what happened to his mother, and I know a lot of people don't think that, but it's that was like what was the truth or whatever because if it's like a common belief of the wizarding world maybe he's trying to like set the record straight on that like I don't know I really don't know okay I don't it's just I mean again like I know why it's being included but if we're just pretending like this is a real eulogy that would be like me saying, yes, Alex Reeves, um, we were great friends. She was had a relationship with her brother. They were like close, but like not like really close, but they were they like got along about certain stuff. Anyway, my friendship. <laughs> yeah, it would just fair be point. fair point. Weird. weird. But I know right. I'm just being 
um, nitpicky about it. And I don't no, know why that I was, was a very great example. <laughs> very weird. It is weird. It's a weird thing to say. I just feel weird. I just feel all uppity about this eulogy for no reason. Other than like, I didn't have a lot of other things to talk about. <laughs> um. Um, what's your third qualm? Those are my three. So like the two, too personal, too much of the early life, and then too much editorializing on Dumbledore's relationships with other people. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, I think I do like that though, detail for like a narrative standpoint about that we get about, um, about, Dumbledore and Aberforth and their relationship pre-Ariana versus um, post-Ariana. Very interesting. Um, And I do think this is a good way to start getting all of the information about Dumbledore. Um, I think between this and the interview with um, Rita Skeeter, which we'll (laughs) talk about later, um, I have this note, but it's like we're getting this gorgeous puzzle piece, this gorgeous puzzle um, of Dumbledore, excuse me, and we don't even know that there are pieces missing yet. Yeah, that's a good point. I just just think it's like extremely well set up for this whole book. And it's so interesting to get this point of view when you know, when you know what fits into these holes. I just think it's so, it's so yeah, fun. otherwise it's like, oh, okay, that's like interesting to get this stuff about Dumbledore anyway, like not knowing that it's something that we should be thinking about. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, as always, JK Rowling or She Who Must Not Be Named is generally pretty good at like selecting when to give us exactly the right information. That is one of her talents as a writer. But I think this is sort of stellarly done, especially I, since it weaves its way through the entire book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I also do, as much as I criticize Doge, his writing is beautiful. And the last paragraph The last paragraph is, like, brought me to tears a yeah. little bit. Like, I, I felt like I was memorializing... Or, like, I was, like, a grieving person of Dumbledore reading that piece. It was, I thought it was really good. And I just really didn't like the middle stuff. But that last part really hit it home. Jim, do you want to read it for us? Dumbledore's triumph and its consequences for the wizarding world are considered a turning point in magical history to match the introduction of the International Statute of Secrecy or the downfall of He Who Must Not Be Named. Albus Dumbledore was never proud or vain. He could find something to value in anyone, however apparently insignificant or wretched, and I believe that his early losses endowed him with great humanity and sympathy. I shall miss his friendship more than I can say. But my loss is as nothing compared to the wizarding worlds. That he was the most inspiring and the best loved of all Hogwarts headmasters cannot be in question. He died as he lived, working always for the greater good, and, to his last hour, as willing to stretch out a hand to a small boy with dragonpox as he was on the day that I met him. 
And he even puts in, or I'm saying he as if Doge himself wrote this. And Let's, not I, I like us praising jo- Doge. Okay. Let's keep praising Doge. Um, working always for the greater good. I mean, come on. What come a lie. On, like, what a slip in. He slipped that right in. That, that I mean, truly. Truly. I don't think I've ever noticed it before this read through. That I mean, can you get any more like pointed? He died as he lived, working always for the greater good. Mm. And he certainly did die working for the greater good. Yikes. Mm. I do feel like Grindelwald kind of ruined that phrase, though. Like, I don't think, like, overall, we've talked about this a lot, that that's, like, necessarily a bad thing sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) Grindelwald just, like, went a little too far, you know? Like, he kind of messed that up. Like, he lost what the good was, I would say. Like, greater good, what's the good? He lost sight of his he had a f- argument. He lost sight of all of his. Nope. I just please cut that. I don't know what I was saying. I don't know. I don't know. Um. Oh, okay. I really again so clever. She who must not be named bringing up Harry like in his head, being like the mirror bringing up the mirror of Erised, this cl- like come right coming off of hearing about a story about Ariana. Yes. Ugh, yes. Chef, chef's kiss. It was just like, oh, so good. Um, I also like was thinking about this part always sticks with me. Harry remembering this part because obviously like it was kind of a big deal, even if you didn't know that Dumbledore like said that line about the mirror mm-hmm. And until this part in the book, I always, I never questioned that what Dumbledore saw in the mirror was socks. Like, I never thought, hmm, maybe he wasn't telling the truth until (laughs) Harry says it just now. Like, the only time I think he ever lied to me, which isn't probably entirely true, um, was about this for a fact it's not true. But, um, yeah. Well, he omitted a lot. I don't know if he outright lied to Harry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cite some Draco Malfoy nonsense last book. Okay. But, um, um, I feel like he danced around it, like, whether it was, you know. I'm gonna call it a lie. It was pretty, it was on, it's on the edge of untruth, for sure. For sure, for sure. I just mean, like, I could just see Dumbledore being like, well, I said this. Technically. You know, that, that shit. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And I would call bull bull spit. Also, Um, Harry's kind of giving himself a hard time for, like, not knowing the stuff that Doge put in. But I'm like, it's not that weird. Like, you don't, most people don't know that much information about their teachers. It's not like you're asking McGonagall how many siblings she has and where she grew up. (laughs) Right. But I think he, you know, Harry with his... uh, daddy issues um is like he feels this like intense kinship to Dumbledore 
so he feels like he should know him better in a Dumbledore was one of my pseudo dads kind of way I also think Harry recognizes that Dumbledore was a private person and like we were discussing earlier there weren't a lot of people that really knew him so I think Harry subconsciously thought that he was one of the only people that actually knew him yeah and kind Um, of realizing that he doesn't he didn't let anything slip about his childhood or family or anything like that yeah I not telling Harry they lived in the same neighborhood oh that line in the movie which I think it's the same line in the book but the 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 actress that does it is just so good when she's like boy are you sure you knew him at all oh yeah it like cuts deep it's like how fucking dare you excuse me that's what's her name isn't it um they're on shot or not Bethilda bag shot no it's aunt yes Muriel the aunt Muriel yeah about Bethilda bag shot she's talking about her yeah yeah, yeah. um you can tell that she who must not be named had so much fun experimenting with this journalistic style Mm-hmm. Like when she's writing the article from the point of view of the journalist uh, for the Daily Prophet. So good. It's so much fun. For sure. She offered me a cup of hot tea, which she served with a steaming cup of gossip or something like that. I was like, you're having so much fun with this. I feel like she said and it's when- a fun. It's a fun article. Like I loved the the like whoever who's the author of this Betty. article? Betty. Betty. She did a great job. I would read every Betty piece. She gave so much color. Um, I think she set the scene. I want to say that she who must not be named once said like in an interview that she always liked writing for Rita, but I could be making that up. Yeah. Um, she just definitely had fun with this style and it does and and it's a hard skill to write from in the to write in a different voice for different characters and she does it in three different ways in this chapter she writes in her voice which I associate as like the narrator voice like Harry's voice Mm -hmm. Um, and she writes from Doge's voice, which is a completely different voice than Betty. So, like, it's just very... And Betty's interviewing Rita Skeeter. Skeeter, who is writing in a completely different voice. Like, it just, it's, it's, it's a talent to be able to have these large chunks of text that don't sound like each other. They're all clearly, like, first person written from different people's point of view. Yeah. And they're different writers' point of view too. So you have to give it like a writer's um right. It's different than the uh, book. Yeah. My only issue the only issue I took with Betty was that she was just eating up Rita. And I was like, Betty, come on. Can't you see through this lady? She's like, oh, Rita's so much sweeter than everyone makes her out to me. <laughs> but I think Betty's just a nice lady. She just seems nice, okay? But, and she does call Rita on some of her stuff. Like, she questions her. Yeah. 
And then in her, and then she'll like give a Rita quote and then she'll say, but even with that uh, statement, we know that there are other people that uh, disagree and here are their points. So, you know, even though she gives like a nice, like pleasant view of Rita Skeeter, I think she does like a good. Yeah. um, And it's only supposed to be like a fluff article probably cool. anyway yeah. yeah no I think it's I think she does a great job I just am like come on Rita <laughs> stop playing our be- our Betty you know now you know I, what I mean I I have a lot of issue with Rita who is I would say unnecessarily cruel who Rita yes um Rita I don't she's unwell she's- She's always so kind to everyone she writes about. We haven't She's seen a history. A <laughs> Does she have a she history is, of being unwell? Unkind. <laughs> she is not nice, I would say. Um, I wish we could have found a better way of saying fiddling about with goats other than fiddling about with goats re-Aberforth. Yeah, but I I think we'll get into this because it comes up more than once. <laughs> it's more than once. And I do have questions if that is the appropriate term that Rita used. I have questions uh, is oh all I'm saying. No. Oh no. Oh no. I just, I'm not, I'm not making an accusation. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> like, oh, no, no. He was no. arrested for doing that with goats. And no, he was arrested for misuse of magic with goats. So yeah, what, what maybe he was, was just happening. like, maybe he was dying their fur. Maybe he was making... Maybe he was like turning them into other things that weren't goats. Maybe he was making them behave. Maybe he was mass duplicating them for their wool and selling it. Or I don't know. Or goats milk or cheese. I don't know. The goat or who is Abbeforth, you know, like we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Aberforth and the goat by Edward Albee. (laughs) I think we'll get to it in due course. Um, I don't think this will be the last time we talk about it is all I'm saying. <laughs> I think you the listeners have more first, questions. We will be deep diving Aberforth and the goats. We will get to the bottom of it by the end of this book. Maybe we'll Hopefully. have a special episode. <laughs> um... <laughs> I do think that it's quite clever to have this all this introduction on Aberforth and have the eye be introduced at the end. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so good to have it. It's right there. It's right in front of us. Aberforth. And he's looking it's, at us. It's so good. This whole chapter is like, is like meticulously well done. The way she like, from the Ariana thing to the mirror to this mirror and Aberforth like she tells you she gives you all the little clues in this chapter excuse me um I had a question for you in general about Doge's and this one so 
when you're reading Doge's, are you taking all of that to be truth? Like even like post, you know, we've read everything. We know everything that happens. Do you think everything that Doge said is truthful? Um, y- yes, I think it's truthful. But it doesn't to, tell the whole story. To, Do- to Doge's, from Doge's point of view. I think, I think Doge's, no, I think Doge knows more about the relationship with Aberforth and Dumbledore later that he's like mm-hmm. coloring nicer because he wants to be kind in a eulogy. Yeah. But I, I take what he says as fact. Yes. Uh, and truth, you know. I do too. Um, and then yes, like like we were saying, um, and then yes, there was more that we just didn't know that fills in the blanks. Right. And then for Rita's, I feel like there are morsels of truth, and but there are things that just probably aren't true. But do you think that hers is also like truthful in the same way Doge's is? I unfortunately, especially when we get to Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore, think a lot of what Rita says is true and that fills in a lot of the blanks. Um, I think she definitely comes at it from a negative, like, um, what is it called? When you you zero in on negative things and then blow it up. Like, like, Um, cherry picking? it's like eyes like something eyes um all right well I can't think of it but it's she I think she's taking the negative and putting a magnifying glass on the negative and not really talking about the positive so while I do think that what she's saying is true I think it's again just a small part of the story and we have to take in as the reader what Doge says, what she says, and then what we already know of Dumbledore and piece together what seems like the logical version of his life. However, the stuff with Harry is false, right? So we know that side of the story. We've seen it. Yeah, there were two other things that I was wondering. The part where she's like, he didn't really invent the 12 uses of dragon. But I also don't think Dumbledore ever claimed to be like the sole person that developed the 12 ways of using dragon blood or something. Mm -hmm. Like, so I think that that guy, Eivor, is maybe like trying to change the story now that Dumbledore is dead. You know, right? Like we know Dumbledore well enough to know that, like, yes, Dumbledore is like cocky in terms of like he knows what he does right and he's honest about it. Like mm-hmm. he knows how brilliant he is, but he's not the kind of wizard that would take credit for other right. wizard inventions. <clears throat> like, yeah, and, and the it's other just thing not him was like her. So she's obviously alluding to the fact that he had a relationship with Grindelwald. But she says, like, there was no battle. And I, d- I feel like that's also not true. Like, that there there was because people witnessed it, you know? Or that's the impression I got. Right. That's true. Maybe I'm remem- misremembering Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore. I think in this chapter, she comes off doing a lot more fraudulent, talking about a lot more fraudulent than she does in when we get that excerpt of her book, which I take to me a lot more truth. 
I think all this stuff with the yes, I guess we. Sorry. No, I'm saying we. I so maybe you're. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should take it back. Maybe I don't believe Rita, but I. I think. I think the real thing, and I guess I've been saying this, but also contradicting myself. But my final stance is that I think us knowing Dumbledore as a character have to piece together what we believe is the truth. Yeah, which is like, what Harry's kind, doing. We have to kind of say, here's this fact. Does this fact seem to go into the bubble of what I, my understanding of Dumbledore is? Even the bad stuff, though. Like, right. I believe in the greater good stuff. I believe that he fell into that trap with Grindelwald. Right. Do I, you know, I believe that he, um, that he put, um, that he sacrificed Ariana's well-being um in terms of like doing Mm -hmm. the research and that he got bored of staying at home and trying to take care of them and wanted more for himself and almost regretted taking care of them I believe that stuff right um I I believe that he has guilt about that I believe that the wizarding world believed that Ariana was a um squib was a squib even though it turned out that we know now have with Fantastic Beasts and everything that she's an obscurist, but that's not really a known thing. So I believe that Rita Skeeter is telling the truth when she thinks that Ariana might have been a squib. Yeah, I well, I was just going to say, I think all this stuff with Bathilda Bagshot is pretty much true because it's not even Rita reporting. It's just like she's literally just taking the what, what the she's saying and writing it down like she's right I kind of take that more word for word and then the things where Rita's like doing like an offhand comment like she does with the dragon blood thing I don't take that Mm -hmm. as much it's more like these interviews and stuff that she gets Mm -hmm. I do kind of think are true kind of like how (laughs) my favorite character Gilderoy Lockhart the things that he's writing about are true he just didn't do them like that there is this um, narrative Um, but I do have a note about And I, it's a sassy note that I think you'll enjoy. <laughs> I'm ready. Imagine Rita's ex- expose on JK Rowling. <laughs> I'll just read a, li- a little snippet for you. Um, maybe you can, we can imagine changing some words around. Oh. But I can promise that anybody who still thinks Dumbledore jk rowling was as white as his beard is in for a rude awakening let's just say that nobody hearing him rage against you know who homophobes would have dreamed that he dabbled in the homophobic arts himself in his youth and for a wizard who spent his later years pleading for tolerance he wasn't exactly broad-minded when he was younger he wasn't exactly broad-minded they they weren't exactly (laughs) broad-minded Period. Period. Uh, I would change some of those homophobes to transphobes, and um, but yeah, I, I meant to say ra- homophobes, like, and she rages against homophobia, and then she becomes yes, a transphobe. That's what I meant to say. Yes. Um. Agreed. A hard agree. Wow. Great. Great. Uh, isolation of that quote. Yeah. Just Molly. would love to see the read from Rita Skeeter on it. <laughs> Truly. Yes. Um, <clears throat> the you talked about the ickiness with the goat, the goat <laughs> comment. 
yeah. I don't like the um whole Potter Dumbledore relationship unhealthy even uh-huh. uh-huh that makes me uncomfortable too it makes it mm, seem sexual in nature which is uncomfortable yeah didn't like it like the way Rita describes it it makes it seem like it's similar to the relationship that um Grindelwald has with um uh not I was gonna say Corvus but um with uh what's his name Ezra Miller's character oh yeah Credence where it's like a Credence yeah where it's a manipulation uh, right I mean he's certainly manipulating Harry but it's not in the same way but it's not in like a it's not in the same way that Grindelwald was manipulating uh Credence that is a very like intimately based manipulation I would say displayed in that first movie oh yeah um bold of Rita Skeeter to claim friendship with Harry truly wild no one asked her to say that she could have like done this whole interview without being like I'm close and personal friends with Harry Potter and she really just went buck wild like she's not even scared of Hermione she is just like Um, I'm gonna go balls to the wall here I mean Betty did ask her if she keeps in touch with Harry I just think it's just really she a lie. Didn't need, yeah, she just really didn't need to go in. She she could have been like, well, he's been very busy. <laughs> we haven't chatted. Um, yeah, I. it's so funny to me that people don't care about Rita Skeeter. Like, if you looked at what she's written, like she's the most contradictory, like, and no one cares. They're like, Oh, Rita Skeeter. We trust her. Like this whole thing with the Dumbledore thing, but it's also like, it's like a gossip rag basically. And so people love that shit. Like I love that shit. I'm going to read an article about like a famous person. Like Dumbledore Mm -hmm. is famous. Excuse me. He's like a celebrity. Mm -hmm. Um, and nobody does know anything. So of course you want to read whatever it's said, even if it's not all true. Yeah. I just take it that most people that read the Daily Prophet in particular are not big critical thinkers. Yeah, but what else do you read? Exactly. I feel yeah. like their daily their daily prophet is like the New York Times. Yeah. Or the post. Like what what are you supposed to read? That's supposed to be their most um the their news platform with the most credentials. They need more capitalism in the wizarding world. They need a free market, <laughs> is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh no. What imagine the most American perspective on the, you know what the wizarding world needs? More capitalism. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying their government controls every aspect of the wizarding world and they get a very narrow look into the outside world. True. You're not wrong. We need more Xenophiliuses. Yeah, we can't even trust him, though. Well. We can trust his paper. He doesn't tell the lies in his paper for the most part. Until he's threatened with his daughter's life. With With Luna. 
you can't really blame him for that but I don't I, like I really don't um I didn't have any other notes me either um did you have any quiz questions because I didn't do it this time I could probably come I up with one have a qu- I didn't have a quiz question okay um did you award it some points some due honors and points I gave it a solid 80 points because I think it's like a really well constructed chapter especially in relation to the rest of the book but is it my favorite chapter to come back and reread not always I really enjoyed reading it this time because I knew we were going to discuss it I gave it really low points, but you did make a really good point about like all the different perspectives. I only gave it 40 points because I don't care about this chapter at all. (laughs) That's fair. Um, I gave my champion to Hedwig. Excuse me? (laughs) She's mentioned. And then plus on top of it, you were talking about all the artwork. So... (laughs) I gave my champ to Doge. I, sh- um, I that's how I was going to, but I spent so much time critiquing him. I was like, that yeah, feels you had, wrong. You had a lot of qualms <laughs> with Doge, so um, yeah, I gave my champ to Doge, and I gave my um, rat to Reader Skeeter. Same. Oh, I did have one more note. I forgot. Mm-hmm. I just looked at my thing. It ends the chapter by being like, if anything was certain, I was never going to see Dumbledore's eyes pierce me again. I was like, okay, we get it. We get he's dead. You don't have to keep telling us that. Which I think as a young person, I thought that that was like a red herring. Like you keep telling us for sure he's dead. So maybe he's coming back. But I think it is like, we're going to see the eyes throughout the rest of the book so it is a little bit of a hint wink wink nudge nudge it is a bit of a red herring your younger self was right to think that but yes but it was false still it wasn't Dumbledore coming back it wasn't Dumbledore um but speaking of that that would be my tattoo is the eye in the mirror shard oh that's a good that's a good one that's really good I don't have one Maybe the quill. Maybe Rita's quill. It's quick not really in quill. Here, but I like the quick quotes quill. There's a mention. There's an at. Maybe um maybe it would be Harry's um portrait of Hedwig. <laughs> uh yep, just Hedwig hand drawn by Harry Potter. <laughs> this is actually a very specific Harry Potter tattoo. You could see it featured in the background of movies um three and four. <laughs> it also does look like a six-year-old did them. Yes. <laughs> like I believe that Harry has the drawing skill of what is yeah on the wall but I don't believe that Harry sat down and drew those and like colored it in like there are colors being used markers crayons oh Harry (laughs) I mean everyone's gotta have have a hobby to write a letter he does he's not drawing pictures of Hedwig everyone has a hobby (laughs) 
Well, next chapter is chapter three, The Dursleys Departing. Oof, what a good chapter. I'm so I thought that this was going to be the next chapter. So did I. So did I. And I was like, oh, just these letters. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, but no thanks, actually. Mm. Oh, my goodness. All right. Tune in. Stay magical. Charmed, I'm sure. Keep turning those dials. I used to say that. I stopped. Mischief managed. Bum bum ba bum 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 bum.